Yo, today's QOD is, if you're going to pass judgment on someone, remember it doesn't define them, it defines you. Here we go. Show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. It's Motivation Monday, and I got a brand new speaker for you. Her name is Kathy Buckley. She's a hilarious comedian and a deaf comedian as well. And she's going to share a story of how no matter what your limitations are, no matter what your circumstances are, you can accomplish anything. Here's Kathy. Is it not true we all pack judgment? And nine times out of 10, when we pass a judgment, it's a negative concept, correct? Well, I passed a judgment on a very lovely lady. I was invited to Washington, D.C. to perform at the Kennedy Center for some kind of award presentation. When I got there, the stage manager of the show asked me to go into the green room. He said, I need to be quiet in this room because the noise from this room can travel onto the stage. Now, I myself have never seen noise travel. They say this stuff happens, I go along with it. I go into the green room, and in the green room is a woman. She's in a wheelchair. She's a quadriplegic. My first judgment I passed upon was, my gosh, what kind of a life is this? She can't move. She can't walk. She can't talk. She has nothing to contribute to society. In five seconds or less, I had this woman pegged for death, me. But me being who I am, I went up to her and I said, hey, how are you? She started to open her eyes. At first, I was taken back. I was like, oh, shit, what did I do now? <laughs> Hello, how are you? And her eyes started to open up really wide. When her eyes got really wide, her assistant came by, and she said, when she opens her eyes, that means yes. When she closes her eyes, that means no. I said, great, I spent my whole life learning how to read lips, now I got to go to school for so I lived over here. When I said that, the woman in the wheelchair started to laugh. It was a horrendous sound. It was this, uh, uh, uh. But to me, it was the most beautiful sound I ever heard. I realized right then and there, I can communicate with her. Now, what better person to tell all your jokes to than somebody who cannot heckle you? <laughs> so here you have Ruth and I in the middle of this green room, and all you can hear is this, uh, 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 uh. I'm going, come on, Ruth, let's get some dancing shoes on. Let's get out of here. And she's, uh, uh, uh. Dave's manager screaming, get that deaf broad away from the quad. <laughs> I'm glad you got it. <laughs> Ruth wrote a book. She wrote two top-selling books with the blink of an eye. With today's technology, she too can accomplish anything. They put the computer up to her chest, the wire goes up to her eyelids, she blinks her eyes, it goes into the computer, two top-selling books. I haven't even read a book then. I graduated from high school with a one-point average. Nobody bothered to tell me we were collecting points. <laughs> that night after the show, Ruth had a computer printout for me and it sat on it. Thank you so much for making me laugh. But more than anything else, 
thank you for treating me as regular as anyone else. Thank you. I took that piece of paper, I wrote it on the back of it, and I handed it to her. I said, there, that's your bill for the entertainment. She said, eh, eh. Around the corner comes a gentleman in a wheelchair. He has cerebral palsy. He has no front teeth. Me being who I am, where the hell are your teeth? Man starts to laugh. Uh, uh. It's her husband. <laughs> She's married. I couldn't believe it. I looked her square in the eye and I said, you know what, Ruth? I came in here tonight and I thought to myself, my gosh, what kind of a life is this? Only because I didn't think I could live it if I was in your situation. Here you wrote two top-selling books. I don't like to read. You're married. I can't even get a date. <laughs> I said, I hope you get pink eye. Is that wrong? That's not wrong. How many in this room right now would like to hear the true story about Ruth, the absolute truth? You want to hear it? I'll give it to you. Is there any way we can put some house lights on? I feel like, Hel thank you, I feel like Helen Keller. I'm deaf and dark. Awesome. Hi, people. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I'm never going to forget that night as long as I lived. I walked into the green room. It was a black tie affair. Women were in beautiful gowns, men in tuxedos. They were drinking champagne and having hors d'oeuvres. And Ruth was pushed up against the wall. Now, Ruth wasn't in a regular wheelchair. I lied. Get used to it. It's what I do. <laughs> Ruth is what you call, she was in a reclining chair. You see, Ruth was born an able-bodied baby, but at five weeks old, she contacted some rare fever and disease that it left her body in a very, very, very high end of cerebral palsy to the point where it locked her body. Her little body was like this in a recliner. Her legs were crossed over like this. Her feet were curled the opposite way. Her little hands were like this, locked in front of her. Her mouth was wide open with these big teeth, but the two front ones were missing. I think that's why she married her husband. Okay, that was slow. So she was like this, right? She was hard to look at, and if you're not used to being with people with challenges, people have a tendency to shy away. Well, I'm used to being with people with challenges. So I went up to her when I said hi and she didn't answer me. I'm going to be honest with you. I panicked. You see, I spent my whole life learning how to communicate. And when she couldn't just say hi, I freaked out. So I backed off. And then I looked at the room and I thought to myself, do I have to be like everybody else and ignore her? So when I went back and said, hey, how are you? And her assistant explained to me about how she communicates by blinking her eyes, yes and no, I was okay with that. And I started messing with her. Come on, let's go rollerblading, let's go. And she said, uh, uh, uh. I go, come on, let's go skydiving. What the hell else could happen to you? <laughs> Ruth's story is, she was institutionalized for over 30 years of her life because somebody made a judgment that because her body was crippled, so was her mind. 
For 30 years, they treated her as a 14-year-old infant. For 30 years, nobody looked at her as a person. She's institutionalized because somebody made a judgment. So I'm going to ask you right now. I know it's nature to pass judgment, but if you're going to pass a judgment on somebody, just remember, it doesn't define them, it defines you. Because the minute you put a judgment on another human being, you're saying they're limited in life. Nobody is limited in this life. Don't pass judgment, least of all, on yourself. Gotcha? Okay, now, Ruth's life was in this institution 24 hours a day for 30 years. One day, a nurse was training a new nurse, and they were talking in front of Ruth. They weren't talking to her. The nurse told another nurse a joke, and Ruth laughed. <laughs> See, Ruth had to be shot up anywhere from three to four times a day with muscle relaxers just so she can breathe. Well, the nurse thought, oh my God, I gotta get a syringe. The other nurse goes, no, wait a minute. The new one said, wait a minute. And she told a joke. And Ruth laughed again, and they figured it out. It was her laughter. 30 years to figure it out. And so they started working with her with blinking their eyes and all of that. So they started really working with her. This is life story for Ruth. I'd like everybody to close your eyes. I'm not going to get naked, because if I did, you'd close them on your own. <laughs> I just want you to imagine. I want you to imagine yourself in a very small room where everything is white. There's no dresser. There's just one little window. And you're in a little bed, a twin bed, all by yourself, with a door that's closed with another little window. You're laying on your back. The sun starts shining into the window and morning starts approaching. Keep your eyes closed. You suddenly close your eyes, you open your eyes to look. It's morning, you're staring at the ceiling. You don't know when somebody's gonna come in and take care of you. You don't know if it's gonna be five minutes, five hours, maybe even a day and a half later. You never know when somebody's gonna come and tend to your needs. But this particular day, you woke up, you're staring at the ceiling, now you're staring at the door because you never know who's gonna come in that door to take care of you that day. You don't know if it's gonna be somebody who's gentle with you, somebody who's rough with you, somebody who's mean, somebody who's not. But every day, your morning starts off with the anxiety anticipation of never knowing who's coming in that door. The door opens up, a caregiver comes in. She doesn't even bother to say good morning because she just assumes you don't have anything going on in your head. She comes in, she takes the blanket off of you, she takes the tubes out of your throat that you use to breathe in at night, and then she gives you a shot so you can start breathing on your own. She takes your night clothes off, she gives you a sponge bath, dry shampoo your hair, brush your teeth, and gets you dressed. Now this particular day, you're having a great day because she's putting you in the wheelchair. Normally they just let you lay in that bed day after day after day. And they come in and feed you there. But this day, she's taking you to the cafeteria. You don't know what you're gonna eat. You have no voice. You can't say anything. They start to feed you. Are they gonna feed you too fast, too slow? Is it gonna be too hot, too cold? Is it something you like or want more? You don't know 
You have no voice to take care of yourself. As soon as you're done, she wipes your face, puts on a new bib, in case you're going to start drooling. They wheel you down the hallway, and they take you to the TV room, and this is where they put you, the one place you hate more than anything. Why? Because, see, all the other patients are mentally challenged. They don't understand why you don't move, why you don't talk. So they come up to you, and they hit you, they bite you, they spill things on you to get a reaction, and there's no reaction to be given. She can't scream out for help. If there's no caregiver in that room at the time, she's in constant fear. Nobody comes to say hello. Nobody says, I love you. Nobody visits you. You're just trapped in a body that doesn't move. How many of you would like to have this life? Would you like to have this life? No. Then I'm going to ask everybody to open your eyes. See, I have my clothes on. Can I ask you please to stand up? I want you to take a look at your hands. Put them both in front of you. Wiggle your fingers. I want you to look at your hands. Right there. That is a gift. That is a gift right there. It's a miracle. Put your hands up above your head. Give your body a good stretch. Looks like everybody's giving a high five. Put your hands out to the side. I don't care who you knock over. If you can, lift one leg up and then the other, but I suggest you put the other foot down first. <laughs> if you're comfortable with it, I ask you to the person sitting next to you to give them a hug. Nice hug. and just say, I love you. And I mean it from your heart. You're looking at another child of God that you're looking at. Now, I want you to take your right hand and place it on your heart. Where your hand is right now, keep it there and you may sit down. Where your heart is right now, that's yours. That is yours to love, honor, and respect. This is yours. There's only one of these. You're it. You're it. This is for you to love, honor, and respect. Each and every one of you will be able to walk out of this room today. Each and every one of you will be able to feed yourself, take a shower. Go to the bathroom, buy your, well, not of your girls, your going pairs, I know you. <laughs> this is for you to love, not to compare with someone else. This is not for you to go, oh, God, I wish I had this instead of that. This is yours, to love, honor, and respect. Ruth never could walk. Ruth wrote a book, and it made a difference in the lives of thousands only by blinking her eyes. And they're going to tell me you can't do something? You can't do something? If you got the Holy Spirit in you, baby, believe me when I tell you, you can do anything.
All right, that was Kathy Buckley. Her website is kathybuckley.com. If you want to watch today's entire talk, you'll find it on YouTube. It is called Kathy Buckley on stage at Paul Mitchell Schools Caper 2018. That is it for me. I'll see you tomorrow with Mr. Bob Proctor. Have a good day. Peace. (laughs) 